Welcome to Real Life at the Ridge, the preaching ministry of Chestnut Ridge Church. This afternoon, I want to just uh, I want us to dive in for a few moments in Hebrews chapter twelve, and I will look at James chapter one to kind of transition us over from where we've been for uh, about a week and a half uh, into Hebrews chapter twelve, verse one, and uh, still still considering the idea of endurance, like staying the course. So, I, without uh, taking any more time, I want to read a couple verses of scripture. Um, and then uh, open us in a word of prayer. In James chapter 1, uh, once again, verses 1 through 4 says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are uh, scattered abroad, he says, greetings. My brethren, he says, count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, that word patience is the word that we want to take with us over, especially that word, over into Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. That word patience, we're talking about endurance. And listen to verse 1 of chapter 12. He says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That word endurance is our word for patience. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside uh, every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us, and let us run with patience, run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, so let me open this in prayer. Father, uh, this evening, would you please take your words and speak, to us, God, in such a way that we would be encouraged uh, as believers to press on for the upward call of Christ Jesus in our lives. I pray for all those that uh, are listening this evening and will follow on at, at other times, but I, I just pray, God, that uh, your your peace would find them where they are tonight, maybe in their homes, maybe at work, maybe, uh, maybe even riding down the road, God. Um, but would you please, God, uh, speak to us tonight from your word, and we'll give you the glory for it in Christ's name. Amen. So as we look at that verse, uh, I just want to dive straight in. And it says, that, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, uh, we could go back, but for time's sakes, we're not going to go very far back, but we could go back into Hebrews chapter 11 and see what many call to be the roll call of faith. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of folks there that are listed that uh, by faith they pleased God uh, because the Bible even says in, in 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. 
But by their faith, they pleased God. The faith that they had in God because of what they knew of God, they trusted it. Um, and so there were many even in that, uh, that chapter. The Bible talks about the fact that they were uh, abused. They were um, uh, martyrs for the faith and uh, that there's this great, uh, it calls it a cloud of witnesses, this great, uh, uh, on, these great onlookers. A, lo- a lot of times the Bible um, is even, people that look at this even say this like onlookers, like a, like a stadium of witnesses that are cheering us on at this time. Um, however you choose to look at it, uh, we know that there are people that have gone on before us. And he says, therefore, since we have these people, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. I want to talk about the weight. He says every weight. Now, we have to carry that thought and, and, and realize that he's talking about every weight that ensnares us. So when we think about the weight, we have taken ourselves and gone from trials. In chapter uh, 1 of James, he said there, there, there is trials that have come upon us, and then we're talking about weights. I believe a lot of times we will count things in our lives that might be need to be considered more of a weight or a sin than an actual trial. Uh, did did it come upon you or did you bring it upon yourself? Did you choose to, um, to carry it? So let's talk about the weights for a moment. A burden, an encumbrance, uh, unhealthy uh, care for this present world. When we dig into that thought, uh, that is the thing that rises to the forefront when we start studying it out, that um, this present life and the fondness that we have for it. You know that you and I are, if we're Christians, we are on a mission. And that's exactly what this text is talking about, that there are those that have gone on before us on this mission, and we are following in their footsteps, so to speak, uh, Christ being one of the primary ones, and we see him in verse verse 2, but those that had gone on before us, and it talks about how by faith they um, denied themselves of certain things. Uh, one of those things is the is a weight that could be uh, encumbered upon us, something that could burden us down. Uh, it could become a dead weight upon our souls. We we and, and we are to press forward, but these weights can pull us back and uh, it can uh, kind of anchor us in place or drag us down slow us down you get the picture that if we're going to uh, need we're going to be uh, efficient at running this race that is set before us he says we need to first consider the fact that there are weights that we can uh, evaluate our lives and see whether or not these weights are encumbering holding us back uh, dragging us down now, I don't know about you, but I've got some weight that I could shed physically. There's no doubt whatsoever. I could I could become a lot lighter that I would be able to run a physical race uh, a lot more swift, let's just put it that way, and probably with a lot less effort. Uh, probably be good on my a lot better on my joints, if uh, especially my knees and and my uh, my back and stuff to not be carrying around this great weight. You know, I don't know that I don't think that's exactly what he was talking about, but it's the idea there that Paul is trying to get across to us. If you believe Paul is the writer of Hebrews, um, it's that idea of us being encumbered by this thing that is weighing us down. And notice that it's is separate from the sin which so easily ensnares us. 
Now, there are a lot of things in this world that I believe we tie ourselves to that maybe they, they're not sin at that particular point, but there are things that we need to shed ourselves of when it comes to the weight that they, uh, and, and I believe our point tonight that we need to drive home is what is that thing that in this present life you have a fondness for that is not necessarily a sin, but this thing that you have a fondness for, that your fondness, your attraction to this thing is causing you to run a, a lot slower or uh, not to be able to get as much done for the Lord as you uh, could get done if you were not uh, so fond of that thing. Now, uh, it could be a lot of things in our lives, folks. Everybody has different stuff, and I'm not going to try to hit every scenario. My question to you is, as a brother and sister in Christ, are you running the race? You know, I look look at the uh, the whole or the entirety of the Christian life, and and you know maybe some of these things might hurt, but I I really believe they need to be said. Um, when I look back, I, I, some of the things I think about is um, a, a time when uh, you know um, uh, let's just call it Christian concerts. I mean, whether it's uh, whatever kind of Christian music it is, and I have nothing. I want you to hear my heart in this. I have nothing against going and listening to a, a Christian concert, whether it be Casting Crowns, whether it be Gold City, whatever it might be, or anything in between, the Gaithers, whatever it might be. I, I want you to hear my heart when I say, I, I'm not saying that that stuff is of the devil, but as a pastor, I can tell you that there are many people, even in the Christian life, that put what seems to be good things in their lives but yet they're not running the race. Now, I know that everybody's not like this, but I've run into people that their church is actually just following groups of singers around or following uh, these singings, the place where they, you know, they're gonna be a, there's going to be a group singing here or a group singing there, and they'll travel around, and, and they neglect the local church. Now, that's going to come to some, some folks. They're going to be like, well, man, that's... Uh, you, you kind of digging into our business a little bit. I think that that's what the scripture is actually doing to us. He said that this is a race that is set before us, and you see the severity of it when you look at Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we're talking about people that were martyred for the faith. We're talking about people that have laid their lives on the line for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about people that have that denied themselves the pleasures of this world so that they might exalt and lift up Christ Jesus, that they might be honoring and glorifying to the Lord in what they do. And that's why I say I'm not uh, saying that a, a, a going to a concert, Christian concert, is bad, but what I'm saying is when we take those things, and it could be anything, folks. It could be a Bible study. It, it could honestly be a Bible study that is keeping us from moving forward in our faith. When that thing becomes more important to us uh, than, than actually being in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, just the thought of us uh, going deeper in the scriptures and our whole mindset is that, oh, I just want to dig deeper in scripture, but yet we can go dig deeper and dig right on past the life of surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ in, uh, in proper perspective to him. I mean, because all we can look, sit here and look, and you know, think about uh, uh, TV shows and and like even series. The you know, like it might be a certain series on Netflix or something that is just 
captured you and you you spend every waking moment walking through those those series those uh years of those netflix series um and and you know when you get done with one you're going to throw on to the next one and every waking moment is sitting there in front of a device or maybe on your tv and you're watching intently i mean it's no different than the days of soap opera and i know somebody might want to throw something through the the camera (laughs) you know throw something through facebook at me or what youtube or something because i said something about you know the soap opera days but let's just be honest what pleasure of this world has you so captured that it weighs you down from running the race that God set before us I don't want to belittle this I don't want to stay on that too long but I just want you to understand it can be so many things it could be love of family it could be love of your children it could be love of a vehicle it could be just love of yourself um, so there could be so many things that would weigh us down. And I want to—I'm going to come back to this for just in a moment, but I want to—I want to step a little further so we can finish painting a picture. Um, so these things can make our duty, uh, doing our duties for the Lord, more difficult. Now he talks about sin. He says, uh, "Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight." And the sin which does so easily ensnare us or easily beset us. Um, so, and the sin. So, when we look at this, sin that so easily besets us. What is the temptation that will get you the easiest or the fastest? What's going to get in your way? Uh, and, you know, we're just cutting to the chase tonight. We're not trying to go, you know, overboard with this. I just want to simply drive a few points home. One, there there is a race to be run, and we have a cloud of witnesses, or a we are encompassed about by so great a witnesses, those that have run the race before us, they have laid the tracks, and, and before us straight wheel tracks for us, and we are to get in that groove and follow behind them, and, and we need to be careful. We're being warned by God through the, the writer of the scriptures to not be encumbered by by weights that he does not intend for us to bear and also sin that he does does not intend for us to fall into you know that sins that he doesn't want for us to be falling into and it says the sins and the weights which so easily ensnare us so easily entrap us so you might not have a problem with alcohol you may not you may not have a a a dispense just a uh i say you may not have be predisposed excuse me predisposed to alcohol you may not be that person that just uh you you can't be around it without drinking it um you may not be that person it may not bother you one bit uh but then there are folks that do struggle with that i mean i think it's a danger the the scriptures warn everybody to be careful because it is an evil that that is just waiting like a uh, like a panther or like a snake coiled up to just lurch out at you and to to capture you. Um, that, that's not to say that if you that, you know if you drink alcohol, you're going to hell. I'm not even getting into that uh, discussion. What I'm trying to tell you is that there are people who struggle with some things, and other people don't struggle with those things. Some folks struggle with pornography. Some folks don't. Some folks struggle with anger. Some folks don't. Some folks struggle uh, with with running their mouth <laughs> uh, when they shouldn't. Some folks don't. Some folks, um, you know, they struggle with with uh, the lust of using money for just pleasure. 
and and misusing it and not taking care of the, the their finances. Some folks don't struggle with that. Some folks don't have a problem in the world with saving money. And as a matter of fact, some folks struggle with being hoarders of money. Uh, you know, I mean, that they, they're so tight that they're they're no good in that sense for the kingdom of God. Here's my point: everybody has something, at least something that you are you need to be careful not to get around because the temptation maybe it's food uh, I don't know what it is but maybe uh, you know for me uh, I'll just be honest with you I have to be careful on Sunday afternoons and on Mondays uh, I when I'm around food man I'm telling you right now those are the those are the times during each week that I typically struggle and I will just um, I will eat all day long I mean and Probably not in a healthy way if I don't watch myself, uh, you know. But everybody has something that they struggle with, or at least let's put it this way. Everybody has something that is a vice that you could easily fall into. You know, the Bible says that we need to take heed when we think we stand unless we fall. So even in those things that we, we say, well, well I, don't, I just don't have a problem with that. Be careful, my brothers and sisters, because the Bible says that you could easily be overthrown by those things. Did you know we have an enemy uh, that is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy? Uh, he is um, roaring around like a raging lion seeking whom he may devour. And so you and I need to be careful because God has got a race, a lane marked out for us. As a matter of fact, it's marked out by God through his word, and I believe it's also marked out by those that have gone on before us. We have great testimonies of people before us, and it's laid out in his word, uh, and this lane is, is, is marked out for us to run with endurance, and that's our word that we've been following, run with patience, run with endurance, the race that is set before us. And he's saying that you and I cannot run as swiftly if we have these weights hanging on us, these things that are dragging us down, maybe holding us back, maybe even taking us backwards, and the sin that is sitting there uh, like just crutched down and ready to just, uh, just leap out at us, to leap upon us. And, and, and friends, I, I don't know how to tell you this without being so straightforward. Um, we desperately need to wake up in America there are so many things that are buying for our time other than the Word of God. And did you know that that is our number one tool is to get into God's Word so that God's Word gets into us. And I'm not talking about, the you know, it's like we can go in here and we can spend all of our lives digging into one particular idea as to, you know, and please hear me, I'm not trying to make make jo jokes about this, but, uh, you know, what the tassels on the end of a, uh, of a rabbi's robe mean, and we go on and on and on and on and on and on, or what a, uh, you know, a three-horned dragon is, or, you know, I mean, we can just sit here and come up with all these things, and, and there's nothing wrong with studying our Bible like that, but folks, uh, this, this word is more intended that we get into it so that it gets into us so that we might live for the glory of God than us trying to be uh, puffed up with knowledge. Uh, sometimes it seems like folks are so deep, but the truth of the matter is 
many of the people that I have come across that claim to be the deepest, self-professed, claim to be the deepest in the scriptures, they really don't have a life that um, magnifies the service to the Lord Jesus Christ like a life should. I've seen a lot of folks, man, that didn't know a uh, near as much as some people did about the Bible, but they, but what they knew, they lived it out. You know, they might not know much, but they they know about the love of God. They might not know much, but they know that God is faithful and that they can trust Him and that they can uh, financially they can not outgive God. But I've seen plenty of people that profess to know so much about the Bible, and they will argue all day long on Facebook. Uh, and on all kind of other platforms, they would drive across three states to argue with people about the fact that they know more and better about the Bible than other people do, but they wouldn't walk across the street and share the gospel with their neighbor. You know, there's a there's something wrong with that picture, and I believe that, that that's what God is talking about is our testimony. In other words, is your testimony clear enough, clean enough, so that you are taking all the, the, the hours, all the minutes, all the time that you can take. And I, I know that we have to have time for work and for family and all that, but I'm talking about reality. You and I know good and well. Come on, folks. You and I know good and well that, that there's a lot of time during our day that we could, be spent, we could spend serving the Lord more than we do, uh, well, more than serving ourselves. Uh, you and I, 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 myself included, I could rearrange some time in my day. I could put some things in my life that are not good things, that things that would easily cause me to fall off into temptation, easily hold me back uh, from serving God as as uh, expediently as I, I should. There are things there. You know, guys, I'm going to pick on us for just a minute. Christy and I are going to be uh, teaching some things about marriage. I'm looking forward to it. Really going to get all up in our business with, with Scripture and just straightforwardness. But, guys, let's think about this. You know, a lot of times we look at our marriages, and we, our marriages are to glorify God. We are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. We are to... Uh, be that uh, missionary into our homes. We Somebody else should not be leading our families to Christ. We should be leading our families to Christ. And could it possibly be that the reason that you're failing at that job is because you've got some other passion that is greater than the passion that you have for serving the Lord? You know, I mean, hey, I know a lot of folks that chase that white ball around that green grass, you know, on those golf courses. I do. And I don't think it is uh, anti-God to play golf. But let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. When, when things like that take more time than you spend leading your family to Christ, those things must go. I come, hey, man, I come out of a, um, well, I come out of the woods, man, hunting, fishing, all that kind of stuff. And I can tell you right now, it is easy for things like that to encompass a lot of your time. Uh, you know, passions and desires that you have for that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying those things are sin in and of themselves, but I will promise you this. Whatever you spend the most time, the most money, and the most energy on is your God. Plain and simple. Whatever you, whatever your passion is driven by the most, whatever you, whatever you invest your resources, all of your resources, I'm not just talking about 
cash. I'm talking about what you invest the most in. I'll promise you this. That's what you worship. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And where the and where your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. You know, you can sit around with some people and you can listen to their talk. And their talk will tell you what they worship. I mean, it's easy for that to happen. And I know that hurts. I know it's like, you know what, man? Don't be getting up in my business. This is my life to live like I want to. It sure is. It sure is. It's your life to live like you want to. But as a brother in Christ, it is my responsibility to, to not only talk to you about it, but to talk to myself from the scriptures that you and I have a responsibility to lead. And guess what, big boy? We'll stand before God one day. We will stand before him accountable for that. Ladies, same goes for you. You know, bless your husband's heart if he's out there. And if you like some of this stuff, come on and be with us in the coming weeks when we start our marriage thing. But, you know, ladies, you you sit there and you look at your husband. Now, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying in some cases. You might look at your husband and see that poor, tired, wore-out fellow that's working 14 jobs and all trying to keep himself uh, jacked up with energy drinks so he can make it, you know. But uh, maybe he might not have to work so many jobs if you stay off QVC, you know. Maybe he not have to work so many jobs if you stay away from, from the mall and, and all these other things and ordering stuff in on Amazon. I mean, I'm just saying, I know it ain't every case, but, it, hey, it's some cases like that. All I'm telling you is we can easily overdo it, can't we? Easily have things that weigh us down. And all the while, listen, this is the most important part. All the while, the Great Commission is not being accomplished. That you and I are to go into all the world, starting right here in our homes and in our home churches and in our communities. We're to go and to take the gospel to the rest of the world. Now, Hey, if you can figure out a way that you are settled with God, that God's pleased with you, uh, taking the gospel to a golf course, and that's how you do it, and that's you, you, you invest all your time there, but yet you're sharing the gospel, and that's what God sent you as into as a mission field. I can't question all that, but you and I both know the truth about our lives, don't we? I know the truth about my life. I know it would not do good for me. Uh, to be able to live, uh, as a matter of fact, gosh, I hate even saying something like this, but uh, I don't know if it would do good for me to be living in a house on Lake Murray because I don't know how many people I'd win to Jesus. I'm telling you right now, it'd be hard for me to walk out of the yard when I see fish uh, popping top water all around and just knowing and smelling, hey, man, the brim's on the bed. We got to go, you know. I, I don't know if that'd be a good thing. It's prob- probably a good thing that it's two-hour drive for me, and I have to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, I have to plan those things so that I can stay focused. You know, sometimes we have to do stuff like that. Sometimes we have to put those things in their proper place. And, 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 you know, if God wants us to do them, that's fine, but we have to keep those things checked up in the proper place so that they don't they don't control us, we control them. They're, they're not in charge. That The Lord is in charge of our lives. You know, uh, and we could get so far into this, it's 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 unimaginable how far we could go with this. I just want to go ahead and recap and close out, folks. Listen to me. 
He said, since we are surrounded about by so great a cloud of witnesses, so since so many others have given of their lives to lay down straight wheel tracks for us to follow in for, uh, for a testimony, and since God has his word for us that is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, since he has this, we're, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside. You hear that? Let us take and lay aside. Put it off. Those those weights, every weight, he says. Every weight that so easily ensnares us. Every sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated at the right hand of the throne of Almighty God. Uh, folks, I'm just telling you, um, I'm encouraged and excited about what God's going to do in your life if you will follow the prescriptions that God has given for us. Uh, till next week, God bless. This is Pastor Greg. Thank you for listening today. Pastor Greg wants to share with you how the gospel changed his life and how it can change yours too. You know, Tim, it was the gospel that saved me. I'll never forget when Ray Elder came into my life, uh, God put him there and he shared the truth of the gospel with me, that I was a sinner, that Christ died for my sins, and that if I would accept him as the Lord of my life and follow him, that he would change my life. And that's exactly what he's done. I wonder if that's something that you would like to do today that you would today before God just admit, you know, God, I'm a sinner, I'm lost, and I need you. And God, I believe that Christ died on the cross for me, and I want to accept his payment today for, for my sins, and I want to live for him from this point forward. If you pray that prayer today, we want to welcome you into the family of God. We also want to encourage you to contact us. You'll find a link below where you can reach us, and so we look forward to hearing from you. so much that he gave his son for us. Amen. God bless you guys.